So just letting you know, next Wednesday is an important date for them to be here. Uh, we have our, our turkey bowling competition where it's the Children's Church against the youth. Children's Church won last year, so we need to get some redemption. Um, it's the only time your children will be allowed to throw a frozen turkey at two liter bottles full of soda. So please let them come get that worked out of their system. And then the winning team afterwards gets to dump all the two liter soda bottles on me. So, But we do have medals and awards printed out for them. We have a... Uh, uh, actual real medals that we'll give them and a trophy and all that. So it should be fun and get them riled up and ready for Thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead. We're going to receive this, this morning's, this evening's tithes and offerings. So let's, let's pray over those and then uh, we'll get into the service. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we can give into the kingdom. Lord, I just ask you to bless the gift and the giver, Lord. We know that you can take the, the 90% and make it go a lot further than what we could ever do with the 100%, Lord. And in that, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. tonight. Amen. All right. I'm so glad to see y'all came out, even though our pastors aren't here tonight. That shows me that y'all are just a little bit grown up. You don't have to have pastor here for you to go on and worship God. Amen. <laughs> so I'm glad to see you. Listen, tonight is not a spectator sport. Tonight, you are a participator. Okay, uh, I want to see some participation out here tonight. We're going to come together and we're going to worship God tonight. That's what it's going to be about. Now, I was going to have a little clip uh, put together. I did not get that done, so I'm just going to talk about it. How many of y'all follow some of the prophets in the land, like Hank Kuhneman, uh, Charlie Shamp, uh, Kevin Zadai, right? Y'all been watching, right? And so they've all had a common theme. I'm sure y'all have seen it. They've all had a common theme, and they've been telling us, hey, God's doing a thing in this land. But what is our part in it? What is our part in it? They're said that we're to stand still and see the hand of God, but while we're standing still, we're not exactly standing still. We're celebrating the victory. We're worshiping, and we're, 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 we're thanking God for what's to come and what he's doing in our nation. Amen? Okay, and so we've heard the prophets. Some of you have heard the prophets. And throw up Amos 3.7 for me real quick. Amos 3.7. It says, surely the Lord God thing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. The prophets. Now listen to me. There's a lot of speaking. 
There's a whole lot of voices speaking out there, right? And, and, and we're going to have to choose. Are we going to listen to the prophets of God or are we going to listen to the prophets of Baal? Right? Okay. So they've told us that, that, that we're to come together to worship and we've, we've come here tonight to do that. Right? But God is looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Throw up John 4.23. I'm going to lay a little groundwork and then we're going to get right into this. But coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Such to worship him. Now that's interesting. It means to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's an interesting idea right there, isn't it? And it made me think about this Old Testament story. This is a story that a lot of us are very familiar with, but for those that aren't, I will give us a really brief synopsis. I'm not going to go read the whole story till we get to the, to the part that I, I want to talk about tonight. How many of y'all are aware of the story of Jacob and Esau? Okay, and so you know that uh, Esau sold his birthright to his brother Jacob. Long story short, uh, Rebecca, his mother, works up a plan with Jacob when, when Isaac is dying to go in and deceive the father to give uh, Jacob the firstborn blessing, right? And then Rebecca hears her son Esau plotting to kill Jacob, and so she tells him, she says, you go down to my family. You, you get out of here and leave so that your brother doesn't kill you, and you go on down and you live with my family. And so he goes to the house of Laban. Now, this is a very brief synopsis and you can go back and read this story for yourself okay it's in Genesis 31 uh, and so he the, he's there and we know he works seven years he falls in love with Rachel and he works seven years and he gets Leah and he has to work another seven years and he finally gets Rachel right and we know that Laban keeps changing his his wages and so on and so forth and then the day comes and he's prospering and the brother-in-laws are are jealous of him because God had given him a, a strategy so that all the sheep and stuff were were uh, coming up spotted and ringed and he was getting all the sheep and they were accusing him of stealing their inheritance basically and the day comes for him to leave and now we get to the part I want to talk about but as they're leaving they leave while Laban is gone off shearing the sheep and they're gonna go on this journey but Rachel decides that she's going to go in and she's going to steal the graven images. She's going to take a little bit of that past world with her into this new world she's trying to go to. See, she's off on a journey with her husband, but she's taken a little bit of that household idol. And, and I'm sure they were probably made of something uh, valuable like gold or silver or whatever, you know. So she takes these, and they're on the journey, and Laban comes home, and he, he, he sees that they're gone, and he sees that the, the idols are gone, and this is his good excuse to pursue. And so he pursues them. And God meets him and tells him, you be careful, you know what you do. But the part I want to get to now is he's after them. Rachel has taken those idols, but Jacob doesn't know that. And her father doesn't know that she's got him, but he's accusing. And so he shows up. And now let's look at this. Let's look at Genesis 31, 33 through 34. It says, And Laban went into the tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maids' tents, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Give me the next verse. And it says, And now Rachel had taken the household idols, put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. 
And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. Next. Next verse. Okay. I can, you got it? Huh? That's all right. That's important. I got to get to that part. There we go. And she said to her father, now listen. She said to her father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you. You hear that? For the manner, now here's her plausible excuse. Here's the excuse to cover up what she's done. For the manner of women is with me, and he searched but did not find the household items. I find it interesting. Who is she lying to? Her father and her husband. Her father and her husband. And then because she's got this lion, she's got these idols that she's got to hold on to. See, she's hiding them. She's hiding the idols. But she's got a plausible excuse. And I'm asking you, where are your idols hidden? And you're saying to me, Teresa, I don't have any graven images. I don't bow down to no images. What are you talking about, woman? Oh, well, let's talk about it. See, an idol is anything, anything that you will allow God to slip into second place for. Anything. Well, what does idols look like in America? Well, I'd love to come to church on Sunday, but I have to work. Now listen, I know there are some jobs like first responders. I'm, this is not condemnation tonight. This is going to be a celebration tonight. But I want us to get to a place of true worship tonight is what I'm working towards here. I want us to enter into this with all of our hearts and all of our minds tonight because our very nation, our very nation depends on it. Okay? So what does the idols look like that we hide and we have plausible excuses for? Oh, I, you know, well, I know that I need to forgive. Yes, yes, Teresa, I have seen in the Bible where it says I have to forgive, but just became your idol. Just became your idol because you were willing to disobey God for it. You were willing to disobey God because of how you felt. What about this? Well, I'm doing my taxes, and it's not really cheating. I mean, I just changed it just a little bit, and, and I know God says he, like, he don't like a dishonest scale and lying, but it's not really lying. I mean, it's not that bad. It's just, a, oh, it just became your idol. Your money just became your idol. Be why? Because you were willing to disobey God for it. You were willing to disobey God for it. It became your idol. Well, I know, I know we're supposed to get married. We're not supposed to live together. And, and, and God says that we're not supposed to do that. But, but we're, I, I love him. Your boyfriend just became your idol. You worship him more than you do God. Worship means the thing that you bow down to and you value more than anything else. Right? And so I'm asking you tonight, I'm asking you to really search your heart. I want you to just join with me tonight, okay? And I want you to look within yourself. And I want you to be honest, it's not condemnation. Look, I'm talking to myself. We've all let God slip out of the first place. Here's one. Well, we gather together to worship, but I don't want to look stupid. And these people look stupid. Oh, your dignity devil just became your idol. Your dignity became your idol. These people look so stupid. Can I tell you a secret? 
and tell you with all the love in my heart, when we're all looking stupid and you're standing there like a rock, you look stupid to us. We're like, what a dum-dum. If you, can't, if you can't be excited in here with everybody else being excited, when are you going to worship the Lord? And you're afraid you're going to look stupid, but in our eyes you look immature. I'm just telling you how it really is. I'm helping you here. I know you don't know it, but I am. <laughs> it may not feel too great right now, but I promise you it's going to get better. <laughs> All right? But God is looking for those who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so tonight I'm asking you to just come before him and I want you to put aside what you did yesterday and what you got to do tonight and what you have to do tomorrow and what, you know, who said what and what you feel about such and such and so and so with that church made me mad and yada, yada, yada. I'm asking you tonight, I'm asking you to center your mind around what we're doing this evening, okay? Why? Because our very nation depends on it. God has said that our praise will execute judgment. But he's not looking for loosey-goosey, half-hearted worshipers. And listen, we've all been guilty of it. I have stood on the stage and gave loosey-goosey, half-hearted worship. Where my mind, I, my, my mouth, my mouth was doing it. But my mind and my heart was a million miles away. And I don't think God loves that. I don't think he loves that. And after all he's done for us and all he's trying to do for us, don't we owe him some true worship? And so tonight I'm going to ask you right here where you're sitting, I want you to forget about who you came with, who's sitting next to you, who's behind you, who's around you. I want you to draw a curtain around you with God. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to envision him. And thank him for the goodness Thank you for his mercy. Sincerely thank you. I'm asking you to do that tonight. I'm asking you to forget all that you're going to do, all that you have done. I'm asking you to lay it down before him, right there in your seat. What do you need to repent of? What do you need to repent of? Where's your hidden idol? Be honest with God. You don't have to tell me. Listen, I, it's not judgment. I've been guilty. But I'm coming before him tonight with a tender heart and a true attitude of worship. And I'm asking you to do the same. Okay? Worship the Lord. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you. myself away so you can use me give myself away all my dreams and all my plans Lord I give myself away so you can 
up with all your heart. I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you.
And the only thing you've got to give him back is true worship. So I'm asking you, come on, worship your father this night. Worship Jesus this night. Go ahead, come on. Is what it costs to see my sin upon that cross and his whole life is what it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Now listen, I know that we have been in a very very unusual time in our country and some of you are weary and I've been talking to people and some of you are discouraged and it looks like this it looks like well I know Teresa I, I hope I hope the prophets are right oh I I, I hope it's gonna work out right but I gotta tell you looks just like this I I gotta tell you I'm worried I, I hope I hope it's going to be okay. I hope it's going to be all right. Listen, we've been in unusual warfare. I get that. Okay? But there's, there, there's this interesting story. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> uh, we're to bring the sacrifice of praise before God. Sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice and do the praise that you don't feel like. you got to give the praise that you don't feel like giving. He called it a sacrifice for a reason because it's not based on our feelings. It's based on the goodness of God. It's based on the goodness of God. But there's something interesting I want to share with you. Now, once again, this is an Old Testament story. Okay? Now, we know about, the, we know about Moses and the children and how they wandered in the desert. We, we know about that. Most of us in here, we're churched. We know. But there's this interesting passage in there, and I want to, I want to talk to you about that for just a minute. The children of Moses, they had started moving on. They were journeying. Okay, they were, they were on a journey. And so they, they, they go into the, they've just fought with the Canaanites. And the Bible says that the children were weary. And this is what happened while they were weary. They started to complain against God and against Moses. They complained against God and against Moses because they were weary. Now they had been in a battle. Listen, they had been in a battle. It was real. They'd been in a battle. But they started to complain against God and against Moses. And so then the fiery serpents came out. That would be the devil, in case you don't know. <laughs> and bit them. And their answer, what was their answer? Well, they had to put the, the, the brazen serpent on a pole, which represented who? Jesus. Their answer was Jesus. And so now it says that they, they, they went through this season and now they're journeying. They're still journeying. And they come upon a well. They come upon this well. Oh, this is interesting. I, I can hardly wait to share this part with you. Numbers 21, 16 through 18. Let's look at that. It says, now they're journeying and it says from there they went to beer. That, that they didn't go drink beer. At the well. The well wasn't filled with beer. Let me just clarify. <laughs> this is not a season to drive you to drink, all right? Let's not, not, not like that. Okay. And so from there they went to beer, which is the well where, where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Now don't miss this picture here. Gather the people together 
and I will give them water. Let's see what the next. And then it says, then Israel, oh, look here, this is interesting. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up a well. All of you sing to it. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. And it says in the well, the leaders sank. Listen, it was the well, the leaders sank. What is he talking about? This was a well that had been uh, filled in, it was, and, and it was not uh, producing. It was no longer producing. It, it, and who did it? The leaders. Ooh, sounds a little bit like what's going on in our country. Right? And it says, dug by the nation's nobles, by the lawgiver. The well had been there. It had been there by the lawgiver, Right? With their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Matanah or whatever it is right there. <laughs> now listen. Listen. That's interesting. See they had to go and they needed to stir up the water that was in the well. And God says you're going to sing to the well. And you're going to tell it to spring up. Now let me ask you. Where is there rivers of flowing living water? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's rivers. Let's look at that. You have a well inside of you, John 7, 38. Let's look at that. <laughs> he who believes in me as out of where? His heart will flow rivers, rivers of living water. Rivers, rivers, rivers. <laughs> now, how am I going to stir that up? Well, what does Jude 120 say? Let's look at that for a minute. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And you're like, okay, that's good, Teresa. That's praying. Well, let's go over and let's look at Corinthians 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. And it says, now, now Paul's talking about speaking in tongues all through this. You can go back and read it for yourself. And he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I also will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. So maybe tonight what we got to do is we got time stirring up the living water on the inside of us. And how many of y'all know there's a difference between living water and stagnant water? Oh yeah, there's a big difference. So maybe what we got to do is just stir up a well. We got to stir up a well. I'm looking for some people in here tonight that will stir it up. I'm not looking for some people that are going to sit down and watch. I'm looking for some people that will get involved in some worship in here. Woo! Come on. We're going to worship our God like he's worthy. We're going to worship our God like he's changing me.
teenager and I lived with my mom in, in, in Jessup, Georgia. Turn me up a little bit, Mike. I lived in Jessup, Georgia with my mom and there was this river. It was called the Ottawa River. Now there were seasons with this river and, and you know, there would come a dry season. And right out in the middle of this river, there would be a sandbar. When the water was low, see, you could literally drive a car right onto the sandbar. And you'd be right in the middle of the river on the sandbar. Well, it looked like a great place to party. And so the kids and the people, they'd go out there on the sandbar and they'd build, they'd build fires and they'd get up to all kinds of mischief. Lots of things they shouldn't have. Right in the middle of the river. But then inevitably, the seasons would change. And the water would start to come. The river would start to fill up. The rain would start coming. And suddenly, this thing that had been this, this dry place, this dry place right in the middle of the river, the water would rise. And the river would become this rushing, mighty, gushing thing. And where you could go out on the dry land yesterday, suddenly, suddenly, you couldn't even get near it because the river had jumped its banks. And when the river jumps its banks, it literally would sweep down trees. And it would change the landscape. Now look, this river was a whole lot, a whole lot different than the pond in my grandma's backyard. See, in my, in my, in my grandma's pond, I could wander out there at any time and I'd be safe. Because it wasn't a flowing current. The pond looked pretty much the same, even if the water went down or rose. Why? Because it wasn't living water. But now when the river would rise, it would change the face of the landscape. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It would go across the dry places. And where there had been trash and debris, from where the people had been partying and having a good time, suddenly it would all be swept away. It would all be swept away. And tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for some people in here to believe with me that if you will stir up the river of living water in here and let it sweep over this landscape, that we can, we can change the vision. We can change America. If you'll just let the river jump its bank. Come on, let's go, let's go. Let that river jump the bank. Let's change the landscape. Woo, come on.
weapon right here. You're like, are you kidding me, Teresa? We got all this nonsense going on in the nation and you got us in here hollering and jumping around. What is that doing? What in the world? Well, listen here. Unusual warfare requires unusual weapons. <laughs> it requires some unusual weapons. And how many of you know that our weapons are not like the weapons of the world? No, no, no. Our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and principalities. Listen, listen. How the world fights the war is not how we fight it. See, we're called to fight altogether differently. There's a story that we're all familiar with. I know that's the theme tonight, a story we're all familiar with. But I think we need to stir up these stories once in a while and see what they mean. See the different meanings. We know the story of David. And he goes out, you know, the Philistines, they're out there. And boy, <laughs> Goliath is out there and he's talking a lot of smack. I mean, he's talking big. Kind of like what we see right now. Woo, the devil's talking big. Talking big stuff. Talking about how he's going to kill David. He's going to kill him. Cut his head off and feed him to, he's going to feed him to the birds. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So David, you know. David's just a young kid. And here's the funny part. The, the, the armies, these are grown, trained men in war. They're out there and they're trembling in their boots because they saw the giant. They saw the giant. They saw Goliath and they're like, whoa, that dude's big, man. That dude's big. We're scared. He's talking a lot of smack. In other words, they were believing the report. They believed the report that, that Goliath had. How he was going to kill him. David shows up, this young kid. He sees Goliath and he hears what he's saying and he, he, he's like, oh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare to defy 
the armies of the living God. Who is it that would dare to defy this army of the living God? Who is it? Now, they, now look, they're good warriors. Saul sees, sees David there. He's a kid and he's thinking, oh dear Lord. Well, let's at least try to give him some armor and a sword. I mean, the kid can't go into war like that. That's ridiculous. Kid, he's going to be killed. And so he gets the armor out and he tries to suit David up, but David can't use the armor. See, because the armor was not his. He needed a different kind of weapon. See, something that was made for him. And so he's going to go into... <laughs> now, you got to picture it. We got, you know, we got Zach over there, right? <laughs> and he's got on this he's got on this armor he's got a sword and he's standing over there and we got little bitty skinny David over here looks like Teresa Yobish and she's like I'm gonna come and kill you and cut your head off and feed it to the and he's over there and it makes him mad he's like well you little stinking runt who do you think you are I'm gonna you bring it on buddy you bring it on and he's he's thinking to himself I got my armor and I've got my sword and I'm going to kill this little punk of a kid. And then all of the, the, the whole army is going to be our slaves. Woo, sounds a little bit like something I've been hearing. <laughs> sounds a little bit like something. We're going to cast off those Christians and we're going to cast off the right. And we're not going to have any of their restraints. And we're going to have our one world order. And they will be our slaves. But David showed up with an unusual. He's like, no, no, I got this. And he pulled out his unusual weapon pulled out his unusual weapon you know, slingshot and some stones well you got some unusual weapons tonight and I'm just believing that I've got at least a couple a couple of soldiers for the Lord in here who is willing to pull out their unusual weapons and engage in some unusual warfare and if you are willing to stand up against Goliath in this place I want to hear you shout shout come on
149 tells us that our praises execute judgment on the nations and vengeance on the peoples. See, what you've actually engaged in tonight was some unusual warfare, and you've executed some judgment on the enemy. And you've, you've cast down some uh, uh, people who think that they've got this all figured out. <laughs> they think they've won, see. But we know that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. And he does things in the most unusual ways. And he is never late. He is never outdone. But he is always right on time. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah. 
uh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, we worship you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Was that the one you told me now? Oh, dear. All right. <laughs> the, band, the band can't go there tonight. So, <laughs> well, throw us one more song in there, Nikki. Your choice. All right. JC, if you want to get Freedom by Eddie James, that's where you'll find it. And we're going to clap a little louder than before. I want to sing a little louder than before.
liberty in the Lord. For the liberty in the Lord, we thank you, Papa. I'm going to ask everybody to join me in saying the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. And then we're going to end this night with God bless America. Amen. All right. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 God bless America. And I thank you, God, that you have not deserted America. Father, you are not done with this country. I don't believe it for a minute. And Father, I thank you and I call all the fraud to be exposed right now. The works of the enemy will be exposed in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord, that justice will be served in this land. Justice will be served in this land in Jesus' name. Now, Papa, I thank you for each and every precious Precious sister and brother that came out tonight, I ask you that as they served tonight, as they waited before you, that you also swap strength with them. And that things were being, as they waged war tonight for our country, things were being fixed in their lives. God, as they did your work, you were back at the ranch working for them, as, as, <laughs> as Mark Hankins likes to say. And we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And didn't the band do a good job tonight? Woo! Thank you, guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website 
and click the Big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.